0: my kids were two and three years old when my husband at the time left and so I knew I didn't want to partner alone I also knew that I would rather be alone than with the wrong person and so I didn't expect to get remarried but did I want to yes and was I gonna eventually put myself out there yes I also felt that Life is a journey, and most
1: of it is spent in the in-between, in the middle places. But every once in a while, you find yourself on the other side of something.
2: These are the stories we are telling here. We believe that stories change the world, and we hope that when you hear stories of lives changed, obstacles overcome, lives broken, lives mended, and hope found, you'll actually see yourself in their stories.
1: Now more than ever, we need each other, and we need each other's stories. This is on the other side it's impossible these days to not know someone who's walked through a divorce on today's show I sat down and interviewed a friend of mine Katie Hindman about what life has been like for her on the other side of divorce and in particular dating again after receiving her master's Katie served as a social service director among vulnerable populations From 2004 to 2007, she relocated to Beirut, Lebanon with her former husband and fell in love with the people. She learned Arabic, shared the good news of Jesus, and started a jewelry business among Palestinian refugees. Shortly after the assassination of the prime minister and the war with Israel, she moved back to the U.S. and brought home her first son from Ethiopia and two years later, a
2: daughter. In 2012, after nearly 10 years of marriage, she went through a heartbreaking divorce. Katie spent the following years raising littles on her own, reimagining her life and blending her two passions for business and social work at an impact firm where she helped businesses and nonprofits scale for impact. In December of 2018, Katie remarried. She and her husband have four children between them. The pair co-run Red River Restorations in Austin, where they restore historic buildings and homes such as courthouses, the Alamo, LBJ's Texas White House, and more. The theme of their life and their family and their business is restoration.
1: I've known Katie for almost 12 years now, and it was an honor to have her sit down and and talk vulnerably with me about her divorce and what dating has looked like for her. Here's Katie's On the Other Side of Divorce, where I begin by asking her if she ever thought she would date again after her first marriage ended in divorce.
0: Yeah, I did. I think that when I have always felt like I was built for partnership, I just feel like that's how I'm wired. And You know, my kids were two and three years old when my husband at the time left. And so I knew I didn't want to partner alone. I also knew that I would rather be alone than with the wrong person. And so I didn't expect to get remarried. But did I want to? Yes. And was I going to eventually put myself out there? Yes. I also felt that. Do you Mm -hmm. remember the first date you went on? I do, I do so uh, early on after after I was divorced or I guess we were going through the divorce at that point and and um, which was kind of a longer process, I had a friend who was getting married later as well in her late 30s and she was um, her husband's best friend had been through something really similar as me and so, They wanted to introduce us at the wedding. So they did. And, you know, me and this man, we really bonded over our stories, which was encouraging. Because, again, the world I come from, none of my friends are divorced. And I actually have very few single friends at that. Mm -hmm. And so to actually talk to someone else who has been there, who has suffered through some of the same trauma and betrayal and how do you rebuild was very refreshing for me. and so we just started a friendship, really, but then that it kind of turned into an interest and so I remember the first time he was out of town. I remember the first time he came to town and and took me out and I think you know at that point I the last two years of my marriage were very difficult, very traumatic, lot being starved of lots of attention, uh, lots of hurtful things being said over and over. We were sleeping in different rooms. And so I think you get to this point where you're so hungry for some positive interaction and connection that it can almost accelerate something artificially if you're not careful. Uh, and so I kind of remember feeling that initially, but it really turned into we ended up having a pretty long relationship. But in the end, we were built more for friendship yeah. than we were Yeah. Um, for anything else. Yeah. Um, when you look back on that relationship, what did
1: that relationship do for you being that first kind of relationship out of yeah. a marriage for 10 years and a divorce?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, actually it was a really important one because he was very kind and showed up for me and the kids in a very dark moment. And I forgot what it was like to have a really positive connection. And I think it was one that helped rewire my brain around healthy connection. And so you know, one thing that I feel like, especially if you're in a Christian world, if a relationship doesn't end up in a marriage, I think people look at that as unsuccessful. And so, okay, so that was a good, healthy relationship. Because we can sometimes
1: think if it doesn't end in marriage, it was bad. Right. How did you make sure it didn't become
0: bad if it didn't end in marriage? Does that make sense? Yes. Well, okay, so this is something – do you remember that book, I Kissed Dating Goodbye? Oh, do I? Josh Harris? Okay, well, I was, let's I, kiss that book goodbye <laughs> and that <laughs> no, whole, that which whole theology. Which he kissed the whole thing goodbye. Oh, has he? Okay. So one thing that I really did just in my wiring around dating was to take the pressure off. So I wanted to act like it was the 60s where you would go out on multiple dates just to practice – and I made myself do this. It was very kind of scary. You mean with multiple men. With multiple men, but they were going to be casual lunch dates or coffee. You know, you there's no alcohol involved. It's not at the end of the night where it could go on potentially forever. I had to get back to work or I had to do Pick something up the kids else or something, yeah. Yep. And so you set an end time, you do something really casual. And I would always think about it as I'm not going in to find a husband. I'm just going on this date to meet another person. They might become a friend. They might be an important business connection or some other networking opportunity. Who knows? I love this. You, you had all the control as well. Yes. Yep. And, and you know, and there was a time I, I needed also lots of levity in dating. And so what do you mean by that? It needed to be lighthearted and fun and not heavy. And I will say I'm an extrovert. So it's probably more naturally easy for me to meet new people than maybe some other, other people, although it does get exhausting. Um, so a couple of things I did. One is one of my now closest friends, but at the time she was, we were friends, but she moved in with me. And, um, her name's Erica and she's single. She's around my age. She lived with me and the kids for three years and we just had a blast and we got online together and we would laugh online together and funny story. Um, so one time, one time we were on an app and we matched with the same, same guy okay. <laughs> Uh huh. and we matched with the same guy at pretty much the same time because we were on it together. We would do this at yeah, night uh-huh. just for. Giggles. Yeah. Uh huh. And he started talking to us both at the same time. So we were like, oh, let's let's give him a run. Oh, for his money. my gosh. So then we kind of we kind of felt bad after uh-huh. a little while. Um, but it was a short conversation. But he started offering to, like, come over or when could we meet? But he was saying this to both of us. And I was wondering how he was not sending the wrong message to the wrong person. Right. And then we eventually told him that we actually lived together and we were both messaging him at the same time. And his response was, that's fine with me. I'll come over and meet both of you. I'll bring two bottles of wine. We were said, like, okay, you said, okay, yeah, we're done. Me. We're done. <laughs> oh this my gosh. ends now. Yeah.
1: Did you um, date a lot
0: on apps? I was on an app for two months. And that's where I met my now husband. Are you serious? Yes. See, because, you know, when I think about, you know, I always say like I would
1: hate if something happened to my marriage, whether that mm-hmm. be through yeah. divorce or death or whatever. Yeah. One of the scariest things for me would be dating again. Yeah. We, it's a whole new date. It's a whole new age. Like we didn't date like this. I know. When you and I were dating for the first time. And so I'm always so intrigued with dating apps. I sound like an old 40-year-old woman. Like, oh, do you use those apps?
0: But I'm serious. And that's how you met your husband? Yes, but think about it, Jamie, because I I, I live such a narrow life. I've got kids. I've, you know, I work. Oh, I'm not against them. No, no, no. But so the question becomes, how do you meet people? Because you're not in college meeting massive amounts of people. You know, you're not traveling. I don't know. You live so narrowly. So, yeah, it was kind of... It's like, a, if you're not going to meet them in a the resource. school pickup
1: line mm-hmm. m- at church,
0: and that's even hard when you, you kind of know exactly. all the you know your options. people at <laughs> yeah, church. Exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so, yeah. 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 And, uh, yeah. So I, but again, I kind of got on not as a joke, but kind of as a joke. Um, it was me and Erica over a a bottle of wine at the end of the night. And she was like, you got to get on this app. Come on, let's do it together. And so we did, and we would just laugh at profiles and we would laugh at ourselves uh-huh. and we would talk about like how to respond. And I was just practicing. It was really more silly. Mm-hmm. I did, I never imagined that I would meet um, Your husband. Uh, my husband yeah. online. Yeah. But I did quickly realize that there are some quality people out there. I mean, I did go on several first dates where I thought, That was a good first date. I don't want to have a second one, but that was good. I also learned to increase my filters. What I mean by that is, you know, in some ways, you're trying to put yourself out there to make connections. But if you're not careful, nobody has time to make the wrong connections. And so I started to be more explicit in my profile about what I was looking for. Like what? Well, I, I really only wanted to date... Christians, uh- uh-huh. So you would say that. I did, but yeah. I didn't in the beginning. And okay. I actually met a lot of interesting people and I was glad I didn't in the beginning. But then you just you realize, no, if I really want to meet someone that I can see with. A future, yeah. A future if that's with, a high I priority, then you
1: should mm-hmm. put it out there. Yeah.
0: yeah. And I also realized it's interesting because we were both in our mid to late 30s at the time, both Erica and I, and me having kids was almost a natural filter. I was getting a different kind of group of men than she was. I thought that was such an interesting. Because you had children. I think so. I think it naturally filters out Uh some of the people that are just there for a one night stand. Yeah. Let's say. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you're having,
1: I, I love how you reference to you're going to like going back to the 60s. Like you're going on dates. Yep.
0: We're just practicing.
1: Just we're practicing. having fun.
0: We're going for lunch. That's right. All the things. Yep. Which sounds that I'm sure you had fun. It was fun. Yeah. I was nervous in the beginning, but then it, it was fun. And then and then I was tired. No, you're like, I, I'm too old yeah. for this. Yes, yeah, yes, like, yes, Yeah.
1: How do you handle dating again after you've been married? How do you handle the sexual
0: stuff? Right. I really struggled in the beginning. I think when you walk away from a ten-year marriage, feeling pretty disillusioned, you start to question whether or not you feel the same way that you once did about sex or things of that nature. And so, it was something that I really wrestled with. Uh, I had waited my first marriage. I, you know, I, I didn't have sex until I was married. And I had to dis- i had to make a decision, was it still something that was sacred to me within marriage or not, and that was my conclusion and it ended up being, you stayed with the same conclusion, yep, and it ended up being something that was very powerful for my now husband, whose story is. Complicated, and and he told me, but he told me before I came here, he's like, it's fine. Share anything about my story you want to. People need to know my story so they don't <laughs> make the same mistakes, you know. But, but you know, he was going through a dark time after uh, a divorce and ended up having a not having those same standards and having a casual sexual relationship that that ended in a pregnancy. And I think for him, that was actually. An act of mercy to see it differently, like wow, this isn't this isn't something that can be so casual. And what so, you brought to the relationship, yeah. yeah. And so, he, we had a lot of conversations about that, and uh, I think for him, rewiring that whole part of his story and that being redeemed and waiting with him um, and him waiting for me until we were married was something that was very powerful that made that part of our relationship so much sweeter, and I think. I think whether you have a religious point of view or a spiritual point of view or not, I think something that I felt in dating is, you know, you're kind of out of alignment when there is one part of the relationship that has more volume than another. So our physical relationship has increased beyond our commitment level or our emotional connection mm-hmm. is beyond this. I mean, they kind of want to work in tandem for your car to ride smoothly and when it's out of alignment it just you feel it Mm -hmm. you just feel it
1: yeah yeah you know a lot of people would say whether like you said they come from a faith background or not yeah like well you've already had sex you've been married for 10 years right this seems dumb yeah did you get pushback from friends community people you
0: dated anybody No, I think we got the opposite. But I think that's because that's who we chose. That's who
1: your community was.
0: Yeah. And part of the healing that we were both doing from our past had to do with some of those issues. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And so it was really important that this be done right. Yeah. For both of you in different ways. In different ways. It was healing for both of us. And I think John feels so strongly about his story now and what he wants to be able to say to his kids, yeah, and how he wants to raise them, and like here, here are the things that I learned, yeah. And no one's gonna do it perfectly, but hey, it's hard yeah. if you choose this yeah. this path, you yeah. know. Yeah,
1: I think we all bring all the things. I mean, you and your husband John are talking about. Choices that you made or mm-hmm. divorce or whatever. But like we all bring these things to the table. And yeah. I think our experiences shape us so much into who we are and what we say mm-hmm. and what we're passionate about. And so it's easy to look at things like a divorce and think this is like the worst thing. But you can look at it and go, this has shaped me into who I am today. Like you're a different 100%. Katie. 100%. Because of the lifestyle, the the life that you've lived.
0: Yeah. I, th- I think on that vein, actually, I remember having... So in my 20s, I had this very kind of black and white dogmatic point of view. And I think the longer life you live, the more complex you realize life really is. And the more complexity you have capacity to hold. And, you know, one of the things I had to do before I could really consider even getting remarried was what was my contribution to my past marriage. So so you're saying you had to do some soul searching for sure. Yeah. And I had to really become happy with who I am and not over. I I realized uh, in my first marriage, I was overly enmeshed. And so anything that he did that was alarming to me really threw me off. And it was kind of this negative intimacy where I felt like to stay close to him, I had to match that, whatever the choice was. Um, And I won't get into it. But um, You're just saying that you had to look back. And you had to take ownership mm-hmm. for some
1: things mm-hmm. that you might not have even had to deal with mm-hmm. had not been the divorce. Yep. And you're th- you're also, I don't want to put words in your mouth, you're thinking before I move forward with any other relationships, I need to do like a little self-evaluation here.
0: Yeah. And I, need, I needed to know that my partner was going to continue to be a human no matter who he was. And so if I, this time around, if he was making choices that I didn't want him to make, how is that going to impact me? differently mm-hmm. and that was really important for me to figure out that we're we're you know you're interconnected um and you help each other self-regulate but you're also still individuals that make your own choices and how do you have a successful long-term relationship you're not going to be on the same page right as your partner and you're going to get every hurt, decision and you're going to be the herder yes yeah. yeah so how do you continually move closer and and seek intimacy um in no those, matter what yeah no matter what
1: So you've told us that your first marriage was difficult and hard, especially towards the end.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. How has that affected you going into even in dating? We'll talk about dating relationships, but even into your marriage now to your sweet husband for one year, how do you fight the fear of is this going to happen again? Or maybe you don't struggle with that. Maybe I'm just putting my own like emotions of where I might be.
0: But do you struggle with that? It's interesting. I really don't. Why? I, I don't know. I feel like what happened to me was such a fluke. You're like, this can't happen. There can't be. A, I, this can't, I, this happen, can't again. happen again. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that's a common question that I get, and that was never really a fear. My fear more centered around, am I ready to encase myself in this kind of commitment again? Just because it feels claustrophobic. I want to make sure that I'm. I'm ready, not because I'm scared of getting hurt, but I knew the weight of what when, it meant. What it means in your twenties, I don't think you get it. Right, you don't. And yeah. in your thirties and forties, you start to get it. Yeah. And uh, I remember having this dream that I was in this dark theater, and all of the exits were closed off. And I, and this was around like, should I marry this man or not? And I was feeling some anxiety your around Your husband it. now. mm Hmm. And I remember I I woke up and it was just my anxiety coming out. And I remember sharing it with some friends and asking them for some input and some prayer. And one of my friends called me and said, you know, I was praying over that image and I just saw the light come on and it was a surprise party and all of your friends were there and they were celebrating your marriage. And I was like, I just wept, you know, like Mm. it's. Yes. And that th- that rang really true that there's my anxiety wasn't is it gonna hurt me? It was just am I am I ready to make this kind of commitment again? It feels scary. And I had gotten to the point where I was very self sufficient. That's what I was wondering too, is, is there a part of it that's like life is good right now? Yeah, because you know, back in the day people say, Oh, there's more divorce now than there ever has been. But part of that is because it doesn't mean the marriages were Good. It's because a man needed a woman to raise his children, and a woman needed a man to provide her for bills. them. Yeah. And so now a man doesn't really need a woman, and a woman doesn't really need a man. And so, are the marriages in fact really different? I don't know. Right. But yes. I mean, I was at a place where I was very comfortable and happy with my community, financially, uh, with my kids. I kind of had systems. I mean, I was tired. It's hard being a single yeah, mom. Yeah. But yeah, I, you know, I, I didn't want, uh, I was in a good place. I was in a really good place, which is great, right? <laughs> which is a great place to marry from. That's good. Cause you're not going in trying to get some hole filled up. Exactly. Do you think it was good
1: that you had, I mean, you had, let me say six years. Yeah. You were single for six years, maybe seven, maybe seven. Yeah. That's a long time. It's a long time. Hmm. So, you know, that actually probably helped you it did. to not need those holes filled.
0: It did. And that's what I would say to anyone. I do think you have to take your time. I think uh, someone told me it, it's very rare that you marry, successfully marry the first person you meet out of a divorce. Not that it can't be done, but just it's because you are practicing Yeah, and you are rewiring your brain and you're figuring it out. What is it going to look like this time? And what do I want to do differently? And what do my kids need? And, you know, all of those things. I like the practicing so much, Katie. Yeah. I even am thinking of that
1: as a parent. Yeah. You know, because I'm not in your, I'm not needing to date anyone right now. I, I, date, my, I date my man. <laughs> um, but I even think about that as a parent, as how do we raise our kids to date well? Because I did not date well yes. in, when I was younger. No. Um, I was telling someone the other day, I was like, I don't think I have any relationship, maybe one, where I would feel comfortable if he walked into the room. Mm-hmm. And that's just, that's a sad thing, I think, you yeah. know? And so even as you in your late 30s when you were dating again? Yes. Mm-hmm learning to do that well. We don't know how to do that in our teenage and 20-year-old years. Oh my goodness.
2: Mm-mm.
0: No, and I I think, you know, I don't know what I will do. I mean, my oldest is 11 now, so not quite at the dating age. You're you're there. Don't even. I can't. But even. I don't know how you're managing that because I I I do want them to practice while they're still in our house before we launch them to make their own decisions, but you don't want to also push something prematurely. You just don't want them to make any mistakes that are going to impact and scar them for the rest of their lives. But there's enough bumps and bruises that I think they need to probably I agree. get yep. to learn. Did you date anyone before your ex-husband? Yeah. Okay. okay. I did.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it wasn't I like did. the right. biggest first relationship. No. Got it. Got it.
0: No. Yeah. And you know, and on that, I, I was talking to John before I came on the show and he's like, something that he always says to me is, having a friendship is great in a long term. You need it in a long term relationship. But he always tells me, he's like, I don't want to be your friend. I want to be your lover. I want to be your lover. And he's like, (laughs) and he's very, he's like, I want you to be able to talk about the sex thing in a way that, yes, we show constraint, but we also, it was also appropriate for us to be affectionate and have passion and you know, I do know when women were dating. when we were dating, yeah. when we were dating and it's so hard and complex and I don't have all the right answers. But when you're older, it's it's so hard to know where to draw those boundaries um, and what situations to put yourself in or not. But because um, my- you're not 17 in the back of his mom's car. No,
1: you're 35 with a mortgage and children. That's right. You know, and so that's why it gets a little bit. Harder. And especially for you guys who, I mean, this would be foreign language to some people, for you guys who were choosing to say, okay, we think that a sexual relationship is sacred within a marriage. Yep. We're, we're grown adults. Yep. How do you balance that? That's what you're saying. Yeah.
0: And, you know, I have, I, I know some older women that have lived in such fear and such judgment, uh, whether it's themselves or other people around the physical issue that they've become completely unapproachable to men. There's something that happens in their spirit and in their emotions where they're just shut down and closed off and they've made themselves unavailable. From their pain, you think? I think fear. Yeah. I think fear and pain uh, and they don't know how to relate. But that's what I'm saying. I feel like the the physical part needs to match the commitment, which needs to match the emotional vulnerability, which matches the spirituality. I mean, they ha- all have to kind of be in tandem. Mm-hmm. And so... Yeah. otherwise you kind of feel it you start shutting down in one area In one area
1: mm-hmm. if one is getting the most steam that sounds like a sexual word but you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> the steaming like relationship <laughs> yeah one is getting yeah. more than the other uh, okay so now you're married yeah a year yes you guys are a blended family we are four children four all under
0: the age of 11 yes <sighs> crazy so crazy
1: How has, I mean, this is like a whole nother show. So just give me the very small cliff notes version. You've been in this for a year, Mm -hmm. better, worse, harder, easier
0: expectations than I I imagined it to be. Uh Well, we, we dated for two years before we got married. So the kids were very well acquainted with each other. We were in counseling. We were meeting with our pastor, feel like we did as much prep as we probably could have done we're really lucky. The two oldest boys get along famously. They're in the same grade. They love each other. They're very different. And so who knows as they age if how their connection mm-hmm. might shift and change, but the kids all in general get along pretty well. I feel like the issues that they have are more typical sibling yeah. issues. Yeah. I think the hardest thing for us to manage is the chaos when they're all there together and how john and i maintain our connection and not just become business partners mm-hmm. um in family yeah yeah and so that's you guys probably i was gonna with that say too. i think that
1: is a common yeah. common um parenting a lot of children at one time yeah is where it can become very what are you doing what am i doing where are we going where to that and then i can only imagine the layers on top of that of other parents involved other schedules involved yeah Every other th- every Thursday, every other week, that kind of thing. So, totally. Yeah. Yeah. That adds so many complex layers to the top of it. Yeah.
0: yeah it yeah, really yeah. does. Yeah. So we we actually also do a restoration business. And it feels like this really big theme in our life, especially for John, is this theme of restoration. And I also – this is where I was going and I lost my train of thought about the when I was younger and being dogmatic. Uh, and I remember feeling like our church culture um, – permeated this point of view where, you know, there's a plan A and a plan B Mm -hmm. of God. And so, you know, the plan A was for me to stay married with my first husband. And in a lot of ways, I fought for that and wanted that. And now, because that didn't happen, now I'm living out plan B. And I remember talking to a friend that also pastors a church who who we love out in California. He said, this is not plan B. God's plan is always restoration. He's He is always looking to redeem these things. He never expects us to make the right choices the first time. He gives second, third, fourth choices. And I just, he very much changed my paradigm around that. Like, yeah, you know what? Me and John, we are plan A. This is, God always knew it. He always intended it to be this way. And we feel like we have such a beautiful story and our kids will have that as well if, if we really steward that right and the stories and the vulnerability around the our contribution and
1: i love it restoration is a theme um not only in your personal lives but you guys mm-hmm. restore
0: buildings buildings <laughs> windows and doors you and restore things a- on the alamo and you know very old d- historic buildings the alamo, the alamo the alamo the alamo i did not know that Yeah, Haiti. yeah yeah courthouses we're doing a cute little courthouse out in blanco Blanco County, if you've seen True Grit, the new True Grit, the court scene is filmed in that little courthouse. I love it. I know. We do houses too. Yeah. So I know.
1: I know. Yeah. I think that's beautiful that that is a part of your work life and a part of your personal life and your spiritual life is that God is in the business of redeeming.
0: Absolutely. And
1: restoring broken things. That's what he does. Yep. That's like his, that's his best job. Yep. Is to restore things that are broken.
0: But we have to participate in that. I mean, I will say that is, hard work. And if John were sitting here, it was the most heart gut wrenching work he has ever done to have to meet with our pastor and talk about his life choices. And, you know, me too, doing that doing the hard work. Mm-hmm. Um, it's you have to participate in your own healing. So Do you
1: think that is one of the reasons that this marriage is different and will be different and feels different because of the work you guys put in on the front end.
0: I think it's one of them. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I I I think we're going in eyes wide open yeah. and and our hearts are wide open and we continually want to learn and grow. I mean, John is always throwing books at me wanting us to grow in certain areas. So he's he's hungry to have this be the best marriage ever, you know? Love it. Yeah, he's great. He's, I love it. And he adores me. That's what also feels so different is he man, I could have not asked for a, a a better cheerleader. He just adores Every part of me. You can send the smartest, most beautiful woman ever. <laughs> That's really great. It's really awesome. That feels great. Yeah, it feels great. There's a lot of people listening that will
1: take your journey. Yeah. It doesn't yep. matter how they got there. Right. Divorce, death. Yep. It'll happen. Um, and there's a lot of people that are listening that won't. They'll be married for 50 years to yeah. the same person, mm-hmm. uh, raise their children.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: What would you say to friends walking through? this with a friend. Mm-hmm. So you mention your community often and I love that. And I've gotten to see some of your greatest mm-hmm. community walk beside you. What would you say to someone who is walking beside a friend who's now dating again on the other side of divorce?
0: Yeah. Man, I would say jump in and show lots of interest. I remember I had a Voxer group of my closest girlfriends and we called it Katie's Dating Diaries. Oh, I love it. And after every date, I would send them his picture and then I would tell them how the date went and they would get so excited. But then I, you know, we would talk about serious things. They would ask me hard questions. But it was always, I always felt like, they wanted to participate mm-hmm. in this journey with me. Uh, and, you know, when I think John and I had been out several times and I was really liking him and I felt very comfortable bringing him over to the aunt's house, you know, and I remember Brad told me, don't you ever bring someone around here that good looking again, <laughs> which is cute. It is cute. Yeah, that's what I would say. I would say jump in. Don't be fear driven. I would say, Show a lot of interest. Be fun and lighthearted. But ask hard questions too, you know. I love it. I love yeah. it. Uh,
1: so what is it like now being married for a year to your yep. awesome husband who thinks you're the smartest, most beautiful woman that's ever yes, lived? Yep. Yes. Go, John.
0: Among other adjectives. Among other things. Which I will not say here. Well, <laughs> you <go>. you're his <laughs> lover, so we know that. Um,
1: and parenting your children. Yeah. How, what is your relationship like with your ex-husband?
0: Actually, it's really good. I, I feel like… We have the kids' best interests in mind, and that's the place that we – that's where we parent from. That's how we relate to each other at this point. I feel like I needed to heal. He wasn't going to ever do that for me. That was something that I needed to do on my own. And now that I've done that, uh, I I can relate to him with a really clean clean heart where I'm not holding grudges. Um, you know, and I hope same for him because mm-hmm. it's not that I was without fault yeah. either. Yeah. And he has a lot of things that he's carried about me as well. And I think we now relate to each other in a much more let's do what's best for the children. Yeah. 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 Did you think you'd be here ten years ago?
1: I mean with your relationship with him.
0: Oh, with him, um I I did feel I did feel a sense of remorse from him not that he wanted to reconcile and not that he wanted to repent but he felt bad yeah and i knew that he cared about the kids and i knew that he didn't like the unintended consequences that he made for the kids yeah so i did feel some hope there but the the betrayal ran pretty deep so i didn't know how long that would take yeah yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. and god is in the restoring yeah broken things Yes. And for him too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Beauty from Ashes. Mm-hmm. Well,
1: it's been fun and a joy to just watch you from afar journey through this whole last yeah. Ten years of your life. Yeah. And um to see God really, really restore the things that seemed really, really broken and bring much new life into something mm-hmm. that felt dead, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's yeah. fun to watch. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks for sharing your story with us. You're welcome.
0: Thanks for having me.
2: I love Katie and John so much. They're an amazing couple. And I love the way she talked about restoration, like how God is in the business of restoration. And look, now they have a business of actually restoring old buildings together. That's such a cool picture.
1: Yeah, I've seen some of the stuff they've restored and it is amazing. I wish we had an old building here. Just so they could come restore it.
2: Like I don't think people understand how like amazing they actually like they do like taking old windows, taking old buildings, and bringing them back to the beauty that they once were. Sometimes a hundred years ago.
1: Which I love that it's the theme of their marriage because they have both endured so much restoration, personally and spiritually together. I've always been impressed and intrigued with Katie's dating life. I know that kind of sounds weird. But as someone who watched her go through this divorce a little bit from afar, one thing I noticed, and she mentioned this, is I watched her pull in her community so tightly that they helped her actually walk this road together. She walked it so gracefully, and I'm so glad you got to hear from her today.
2: Today's show was mixed and mastered by the team at Podshaper. The music was developed for the show by Matt Graham. On the Other Side is produced by Lindsay Sweeney.
1: We're your hosts, Aaron and Jamie Ivey. To keep up with all things on the other side, text OTOS, stands for on the other side, you guys, to 55444. Find us on social media. I'm at Jamie Ivey.
2: I'm at Aaron Ivey ATX. And the show has an Instagram too. You can find that at on the other side pod.
1: And if you love podcasts, you guys, check out the other show that I host every single week called The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. Thanks for listening.